0: Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Square Penguins. Remember, the show is free on all platforms, you know, Apple, Spotify, and now, of course, on YouTube. Check the other day. uh, The channel, it's only been up for, what, about a month now, Uh, up to close to 60 subscribers. Um, It's ridiculous how fast that it's grown. I did not think it would be that quick. Next goal, obviously, is 100, and then, you know, we'll go from there, but um, the feedback so far Video-wise has been really good for those that have been, you know, watching the videos on YouTube. I know some people strictly stick to au- stick to audio, excuse me. That's perfectly fine too. I'm not gonna judge anyone, anyone like that. You know, if you want to see my face, uh, talking about the show and talking about the team in live action, you can gladly do that. But if you prefer the audio, um, you know, that's perfectly fine as well. But Pittsburgh Penguins are back in the win column, a four-to-one victory over the Anaheim Ducks. On Tuesday night, we had Jason on the show yesterday give a full preview. And I actually got a few things. Well, we both actually got a couple things right. He said Jeff Carter is a duck tiller. He had not one but two goals. I also said Evgeny Malkin was going to score. He had not one but two goals as well. And I think we do have to start with Evgeny Malkin. Um, He stole the show. Um, His knee looked ridiculous. Um, He said 200% before he came back. Uh, maybe it was 300%. His that was probably the best I've seen him skate in at least a couple of years. Um was not making any bad decisions with the puck. Um his passing was on point. Um we saw that one of those a couple of those Patton and Gino bombs from the point one obviously in the power play. Loved how Sid was able to just, you know, jump almost 10 feet in the air off skates. I mean, I'm someone who probably can't even jump a centimeter um, into the air off skates, and we see Sid here doing a full freaking jump, like someone is bare feet outside or you know inside or something like that. Um, it, you you don't teach stuff like that. Um, the, the the stuff that he's able to do on the ice, Sid, that is with that is just nothing short of spectacular. Um, he partly made that goal happen, but what a bomb that was from Evgeny Malkin. And <clears throat> I'm wondering if Evgeny Malkin is screwing up the team chemistry. Yeah, no. I, don't ever buy into those takes. I I pledge everyone stop listening to Mark Madden and, and a bunch and just his crap on 105.9 X. He stinks. Brings no good coverage. You know, there's so many other great platforms out here. You know, writing wise and podcast wise that bring outstanding Penguins coverage. Um, you know, including obviously, you know, myself. I'd like to think that I have a pretty good show with how many listeners that you know listen to this podcast. Um, so just again, don't listen to that crap. There, it has no substance. There's He has nothing to back it up on. And that goes to anyone, I think, in this fan base. I didn't really get to t- touch on on Tuesday's episode with Jason, but I'll say that here. He is never going to mess up the team chemistry or the structure or anything else. No, he doesn't need to get traded for cap space or draft picks or prospects or anything like that. If you were to trade him, you would get something like like a Cam Atkinson kind of player, B-level prospect in a first-round pick, which is just a garbage return. Um, What he brings still on a nightly basis, few players can match. Um, This is a top 50 player in NHL history. Um, The second goal last night was an awesome deflection right off John Marino and, you know, the Selle. You you could tell that this meant a lot to him just because he's missed eight months um, due to this massive knee injury. And, you know, all he wants to do at this point is to help this team you know, get to the playoffs and win a fourth Stanley Cup. He's playing for another contract. I still think he resigns here. But, you know, to see him, you know, just really light up to the media after the game, um, you, you can just really tell how much this team means to him and, you know, how much, you know, the fans love him. You know, again, don't don't think for a second that the Penguins fan base hates him. You know, it's a very, it's a small but loud segment. But, you know, if you go to PBG Paints Arena, and you know, I know a lot of the listeners of the show have season tickets. Um, you know, I've been there, obviously, quite a few times. Everyone just speaks glowingly about, you know, no one that I've, you know, interacted with that, that I've gone to the games has had a bad word to say about him or, you know, he's lazy or takes dumb penalties or anything like that. You know, he does do that at times, but the good far outweighs the bad. <clears throat> I'm tired of seeing the discourse surrounding this player. He is one of the best players of all time. You saw how important he was to the team last night. If they want to win another Stanley Cup, and I think this team is a contender at this point, he needs to be at the top of his game or close to it. Um, he was up there and then some last night. I know they have a lot of players out due to COVID protocol right now, but they, the Penguins need their best players to be their best players. And you know throughout this 11 out of 12 stretch, they have had their best players be their best players, especially Tang. I'm going to get to him um, later on in this show. Um, Cindy Crosby as well, but Gino, he got right up there with them. And you know, this is the 16th straight season that Sid, Gino, and Latang have been on the same team. I believe that's you know tops for you know a trio in an NHL history with at least uh, multiple Stanley Cups. I I want to go back to that uh, tweet from the Penguins PR here. Um, I came across that stat last night. While, yeah, here, he, here it is. Yeah, it marks the most by a trio in NHL history, passing Dustin Brown, Anze Kopitar, and Jonathan Quick. Um, before that, it was a tie with John Bellevue and Richard and Provost, and then before that, Ovechkin. Go- oh, no, not Ovechkin. That this was that was the Gordy Howe trio with Montreal. So they passed three trios with Montreal. I mean this town is so freaking spoiled. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is probably about to play his last game this weekend. I know it was probably about to be – it was supposed to be last weekend, but the Steelers are now in the playoffs. Go check out Locked On Steelers Chris Carter. We've now seen 16 straight seasons with Crosby, Malkin, Letang in Pittsburgh for the, uh, for the hockey team just across the river. I mean, got three three Stanley Cups out of it. It's, it's surreal how – great they've been playing for this long and just you know how time has flown by with these players appreciate them because there is going to be a day when not all three of these players are playing on the same team anymore and you know when all three of them are retired and and there's probably going to be some dark days with that but you know that comes with the price of winning you know not one not two but at least three Stanley Cups during that era so I just wanted to point that out as well but you know overall. Great performance from Evgeny Malkin last night. That's exactly what I wanted to see from him. Fan base was fired up about it. You know, one more thing as well. I love the late night starts. I know some people go to bed a little before just because they have work in the morning or school. You know, I don't know all the ages of the people that listen to this podcast, but I am a sucker for those California trips. I've always been a night owl myself. Um, I'll stay up till 12, 12:30, sometimes past one. Um, on most nights, I don't know how I do it, even though I sometimes have work at nine o'clock next morning, but you know, I absolutely love it. Um, one other, uh, takeaway before we get to our commercial break, Jeff Carter opened the scoring less than a minute in, um, I touched on this, you know, with my preview with Jason before the game, I I figured it would take him a game to probably get back to the level that we saw from him. Prior to him getting COVID, because that game against Dallas was a lot slower, um, just you know was fighting it a little bit, and that's also expected because he just came off the COVID list, you know, after almost a week. It sounds like he was one of the players that had symptoms, and so it was going to take him a little bit to get going. You saw last night gets that awesome goal past Stolarz, opens up the scoring, and then the Penguins were just. Um, dynamite overall. I mean, the Penguins had 63% of the shot attempts at 5v5. In that first period, they had 78% of the shot attempts, 78% of the scoring chances for, um, in terms of expected goals, they had 77% um, of the expected goals, just a dominant performance in that first frame. The only reason it was only one nothing at the end of the first was because of Anthony Solars was just playing like God himself. Obviously, Tristan Jari was able to match that and then some, but... You know, <clears throat> I said to Jason as well, look for the Penguins to bounce back. You can tell how this game is going to go within the first 5 to 10 minutes. The Penguins brought their forecheck. They brought their defensive capabilities. The goaltender was making some 10-bell t- saves, and they were able to skate away with a 4-1 victory. And now they've won 11 of the last 12 games, two points out of third in the Metro, only three points out of first uh, where Carolina and um, New York are. Uh, still have a lot more to get to for this episode. We're going to touch on Chris Tang's play. And it's just, you know, he's a freak at this point. Sidney Crosby, uh, going to him a little bit. Um, do, have some practice updates for you all today. Um, you know, and just also the prey of Tristan Jari and, you know, what other backups I think um, they could potentially be going after as the deadline now is getting closer um, to a month away, you know, which is, I think, <clears throat> crazy at this point. But before we do that, this is a New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Barr in your plan Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bilt Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it, worth chocolate. That's the thing. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most of them have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, it's just not even close. Um, Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least get something that tastes good and is you know, good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built Bar, you can also count it as a workout. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. We saw it again last night. Chris Latang is playing just the finest hockey of the last five years. I know he was sensational last year, but, I mean, this is 2016 level stuff we're seeing right now from Panger. Um, I've said it many times, you know, Kale McCarr, he probably will win the Norris this year, and rightfully so. He's um, Eric Carlson's son. Victor Hedman's been incredible. Adam Fox is awesome. Devon Taves. But, you know, Chris Latang is right up there with most of those guys. Probably a little outside Kale McCarr. Um, I don't think he's going to be a Norris finalist. I think he's going to finish top five though in the voting b- towards the end of the season. But I mean, we, we, everyone has to s- start appreciating this play more and more because, you know, he he looks like an even different player compared to last year. I would love to lock him out up for, you know, five times, five, five times six or something like that, you know, maybe four times six, six and a half. I know he probably wants around five years, I would still lean towards four, I think, an extra year there. <clears throat> it's probably not the end of the world, but I would still probably lean with more shorter term with a player like that just because you never truly know when the wheels will start to fall off, though, you know, as he gets older, um he plays better. But you know, it was great in the defensive zone last night. He was quarterbacking the power play um, at an elite level. This is a player that he needs to be extended at all costs. you know, i've if we're I've read. Weird stuff around the parts this season that you know he should be let walked at the end of the year or you know should have traded him long ago. I don't really know where this stuff is coming from. It's the same with Evgeny Malkin, it's these weird anti Latang people that for some reason want to get rid of his cap hit because he's lost a step or something like that. Guy's playing the finest hockey of his career. This team is so much better when both him and Gino are on the ice and said, Of course, I mean, that shouldn't even be a hot take. I mean, it's just the, it's I I, I kind of have a saying I got from a couple of my friends, you know, I'm about getting it right not being right and you know that's I guess that's where I kind of end it with this, you know. Just playing at a, an amazing level right now. The underlying numbers are elite. Um he's top 10 in game score among defensemen. Um he's basically almost averaging a point per game at this point. Um just really really good stuff from Tanger. Um, I thought John Marino had a much better game last night. Real nice bounce back. I thought from him, he did not play well against Dallas. Um, and you know, he had been having, I think a better season than I think some have said, but you know, he was left out to dry on one of the goals. He had a badly time pinched on the other one. Um, when, you know, it was a two, two game. You can't be doing that with less than five minutes to go. You're trying to get a point. Um, you know, he was much more he was a little aggressive in this game, I thought, but you know, it was more reserved, I think, at the same time as well. I think he definitely learned from that mistake. Patterson as well, he continues to have a solid season, really liked his performance. <clears throat> I think his gap control was on a nice display last night. I did not like at times how just changing gears here for a second, I didn't like how the penguins were giving up a couple or multiple grade A opportunities to the ducks, but you know, Tristan Jari was able to answer the bell um, and then had another five performance. He's number six right now per Money Puck on goal saved above expected. I really do think we need to start having an actual conversation about him being a Vesna Trophy finalist or a contender to win it this season. Um, I know Jack Campbell has been amazing this season. I know Igor Shosturkin has been awesome. He's probably the odds-on favorite right now to win it, in my opinion. UC Soros has been awesome. Jonathan Quick somehow has been having a renaissance here. Sergey Bobrovsky, Vasilevsky, Frederick Anderson. But Tristan Jari is right up there as well. He has 15 goals saved above expected. He has a 932 save percentage, 1.91 goals against average. During this winning streak, his save percentage was, I believe, well over 940. Goals against was around... This is elite level hockey that we are seeing right now from him. He is locked the hell in and he doesn't look to be coming out of that anytime soon. Knock on wood. Of course, you know, who knows what can happen, but um, this first half of the season has been the best hockey I've ever seen Tristan Jari play. And, you know, I, I've been saying, I haven't said this in a while, but I'll repeat it to the listeners. As each passing game goes, I get more and more confident in him, you know, being a player, that can potentially come close to stealing a playoff series. You know, he, gave, he, had, he was on the complete 180 in May when he so- solely gave away a playoff series. Now I'm sitting here talking about how he can steal a playoff series like Ilya Sorokin did. That is how good he has been this season. And that game last night, I thought, really I think showed, or it should show to a lot of people that either root for this team or, you know, in the national media – just how hard the Penguins are to beat when they are on their A game. You know, they have some of the best forward depth in the league, but, you know, even when some of these players are out, <clears throat> they come at you in waves. And if it's not the first guy, the second guy, and it's not the second guy, it's the third guy. And they make you fight for every inch. That is Mike Sullivan hockey 280. AT. Um, the Ducks were having a lot of trouble breaking out of their own zone last night. Um, you know, especially, you know, when the Ducks had their power plays you know, the Penguins 7-for-7 seven seven these last three games uh picking up right where they left off prior to having their streak snapped where they were less than 20 away from breaking the all-time NHL record for the most consecutive penalties killed. Um, And, again, they just, they just didn't get Anaheim anything last night. I'll say, I, I, well, I also have a few chances that, you know, in the second and third periods, but Jari was up to the task. But, you know, forechecking-wise and, you know, in the offensive zone, um, they had a lot of extended zone time, and you know we've been seeing a lot of that. You know these last you know five to six weeks, where you know it's just it's hard for other teams to contain the Penguins. You know like I said they come at them in waves, and they're suffocating them in their own zone, and then they get so tired and they give up a goal against, and then it just it spirals from there because another line comes on, and the cycle repeats itself. So that is just how good this team is. Hopefully, if they get healthy, they can roll four lines. The defense is really good this year. I don't want to hear anything about Mike Matheson right now. Uh, And, you know, I've detracted him a whole bunch this year. That said, these last few weeks, he's played his finest hockey um, of his Penguins' tenure. Honestly, he has some of the best underlying numbers I touched on last week um, among defensemen. Chai Ruedel, steady as ever. But... You know, if you can get an upgrade at one of those positions, I say you do it. Um, Adam Gretz wrote a really good piece today saying, you know, the Penguins should not be afraid to trade their first round pick. I probably agree with that. We'll probably honestly get a little bit more into that coming up here in the next segment. I don't want to stray too far off. Um, Other takeaways that I had, Sidney Crosby, really nice performance from him again. You know, I said it in the first segment. The way he is able to jump almost 10 feet off the ice there is unheard of. Like what are we doing right now when we're looking at that? It's just like what other player can do that? It's just it's crazy, you know. If, if he is not able to do that, that's a blocked shot and that's not even a goal for Evgeny Malkin. So just a great display there. And you know, he had a lot of really nice passes I thought in this game too. He had a great a scoring chance, I believe in the first period when it was one nothing, Stolars had a really nice save when Sid was trying to go five hole. Um so you know, as each passing game goes, you know, he's he's really getting, you know, back to his A game. You know, since November, you know, right around when he came, he was around, you know, close to a little before Thanksgiving. Um, but right around the Thanksgiving time, you know, there was a stop that came out last week. He is top five in points um, since that time. So, Sid is back. I'm fine. I'm fine with how he's playing. Could he, could he get to an even higher gear? Absolutely. Um, but no, I'm really fine with his play right now. Jake Ensel could have had a couple more goals last night. He was stoned really nicely by Stolars on a couple of chances. I really liked Brian Dumoulin's game as well. He's really had a nice balance back after a rough first few weeks to the season. I was a little con- concerned, but you know, this is the Brian Dumoulin that I want to keep seeing um, on a nightly basis, that's for sure. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to go in a little bit into Adam Gretz's article and the topic of trading a first-round pick and also um, just some rental goalie ideas that I've you know, i been kicking around a little bit as well. For Thursday's episode, we are going to have Sarah from Locked on Kings onto the show for a little crossover. Um, she's probably going to be in mourning morning about Jeff Carter coming back to Los Angeles, but hey, you know, them's the break sometimes. But before we get to our final segment... If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you are that guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal origin oils will stop itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and will flow impact on our planet. Primal origin oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feeling beard product available. All products are Fair Trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. The combo kits make a great holiday gift. And if you're shopping for yourself, you will be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feeling beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. You know, my beard right now, for those that can see on the YouTube, it's a bit messy. But, you know, with Primal Origin Oils, I'm going to try to clean it up the best I can. I'm also probably honestly going to shave it pretty soon. Um, I don't want to do my full playoff beard. We got to save that for a few more months. people. Let's just say that. But, you know, remember the code locked on. it gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code locked on. remember, at checkout at PrimalOriginOils.com for 20% off. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at penguins So I saw this really good article today from Adam Gretz of Pennsburg, and he was saying, you know, how... The Penguins should not be afraid to trade their first round pick for immediate help just because the window is almost shut. And I would happen to agree with him. You know, I know some people push back on trading Sam Poulin for, you know, a high impact winger. But, you know, this season in wilkes Fair, he only has four goals and seven points. And what, over 20, 25, 30 games that they have played? I know they had COVID problems, but um, it's right around there. So almost nothing should be off the table, I think, at this point. I understand they've already mortgaged a lot of their future. But if you can go out and get a high profile player like a Tomas Hurdle, I'm not going to say go out and get Jacob Tricker, and that's probably a bit too much um, asking price wise. But if you go out and get a rental, you know, a, a, another four that you can plug in that makes a lot of sense, I say you do it. Um, if that means taking Jason Zucker out of the lineup, which, you know, it, it stings just because of how hard he works, um, I say you do. You know, he's still a bit hurt right now. Um, I know Brian Burke went out and said that he doesn't want to be trading his first round pick just because they want to restock the farm a little bit, you know, with what Jim Rutherford did every year. You know, what a what a GM and president of hockey, hockey operations say to the media, it could be very different from how they actually feel. You know, there's always saying you know, li- lies were told, you know, in parentheses, because, you know, GMs and presidents of hockey ops, you know, they do this stuff all the time. They'll say one thing, but then they'll go out. And do or, or you know, a, a completely other thing happens. And it's like, oh, well, I thought you said this was going to happen. Yeah, well, something came along. So I'm sure if something came along for Ron and Brian to look at, they definitely will. I, I am down for them to go out and get whatever they want to stock this team. You know, I don't need you to go out and get a Jacob Tripp in here. But, you know, Tomas Hurdle, another rental winger. Just a rental forward. If you want a depth defenseman that you can plug in over Chad Wiedel, even though he's been steady this year, you can do that, which now leads me to, I think the most glaring hole on the team, a backup goaltender spot. Um, you know, Louis Domingue. You know, I, I think that's fine. If he, he's the backup for a little while now, though Casey Dismith is going to come back. Um, relative some point, five to six days. I think if Doming is there for, Again, he's probably not going to be here for more than a week. He'll probably be sent down to Wilkes-Barre. But with how Dismith has played this year, you got to go out and get someone. You know, Braden Holpe from Dallas, I think, makes a lot of sense. King Clark, he was in my DMs talking to me about that. Um, He doesn't make a lot of money. You could probably get him for a mid-round pick. Yarslav Halak, that makes sense, though. Um, Someone, a listener of the show, actually, if I can find this um, message here, Jackson Hollister, shout out to you for bringing this to my attention. He said, you know, Halak would be a great fit, but he has the 10-game bonus of $1.25 million. He's currently at eight games. What are your thoughts on that? So with the bonus, you know, thank you for telling me this, Jackson. It would be $2.75 million. How do you think we will get the cap to make that happen? So, Jackson, they would probably have to move some money out. Um, I don't know if they would move Jason Zucker. I mean, I think that makes the most logical sense with how much he struggled, but... Does Ron Hextall want to do that? You know, I think that's the main question. Otherwise, you're right. You know, it's gonna be interesting to see where they get the cap space for that. Um, Kudobin, I think, is the same thing. I think his cap is kind of close to that bonus combined for Halak, but I do think they have to go out and get an established veteran because, you know, on you know, the off chance that Jari stinks again in the playoffs, they need to have someone ready to go that's not dismissed because he is he's not the answer. Um, so those are definitely a couple of options that I would be looking at. Um, I'm sure more will become available <clears throat> as the deadline gets closer and you, know, as you see the sellers and all that. So we'll see what happens with that. But that'll do it, I think, for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Remember, the deadline is coming up. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Hextall does swing for the fences a little bit because this is one of their last big years to go all in. I think this is the deepest team they've had since 2016 and 2017. Um, honestly, I think the four group is deeper than 2017. So um, we'll see. You know, this is they have as good of a shot at, as anyone to come out of the East. Um, you know, this this team is playing some dynamite hockey right now. Three, three more games left on this road trip. The LA Kings start will be 10:30 on Thursday night. I'll be doing a full preview of that game with Sarah of Locked On Kings coming up for tomorrow's episode. I know you won't want, want to miss that one. Remember to subscribe to the uh, podcast on Apple and Spotify, and it's now on YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening to this one, and we will will be back on Thursday.